0: Thank you, Gary. Thanks so much. Come here, brother. Come here. I'm a tall guy. This is a great guy. (laughs) Folks, I just want to make a few comments to try to help piece this foreign mission outreach together for you. A group of four men in the winter of 97 were gathered in a luncheonette In Mobile, Alabama. And soon the conversation gravitated toward the simple point. Christ said, I have been given all authority by the Father, and I call upon you to go to the far corners of the earth and share the gospel. And we sat there lamenting two engineers, a lawyer, and a businessman and said, we are too faint-hearted about this. We're not doing justice to our call that every Christian is called to do, respond to the Great Commission. We didn't know where he wanted us to go to work, but we went to New Delhi, India. We got our answer. No, he didn't want us there. We went to Dodoma, Tanzania, And we turned over some rocks and we unfolded some of God's will. We had stepped out in faith and we felt pretty good about it. We hired two guys to go to work with us, share the gospel, utilizing the Jesus film. And then within a year, these two guys said, we know a new seminary graduate, an Anglican priest up in Arusha, Would you like to expand up into that area? Yeah, let's go see him. And, folks, we were introduced to Stanley Hote. He was fresh out of seminary in England, and his bishop had put him to work in church planning. We asked that bishop if we could borrow Stanley for three years since he already had him in church planning, and we, as an ecumenical Christian endeavor would like to employ him to work with us. He said, I'll pray about it. He came back the next morning and said, you've got him. Three years. And folks, 25 years have passed. He's been elected (laughs) a bishop of the Anglican Church. And uh, we can stand here today and say 71 million people have seen the gospel message according to Luke in that Jesus film. And of that number, over 32 million have prayed that Christ would be their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. We had a theologian from Southwest Theological Seminary visit us in the ninth year of these 25 years at one of our board meetings. We said, just observe what we're talking about and give us your thoughts at the end of the meeting. He said, Fellas, you're doing a great evangelism job, but what about all those new believers? Are you doing justice to discipling them? Huh, we looked at each other and we said, Well, we hold three meetings, follow up three next mornings for people to come and listen to study of the book of John, but That's not really following through thoroughly. So at that point, we elected to get deeply into discipling these new believers. This man here we employed as our African director. Our job in the U.S. is resource providers, encouragers, and prayer warriors. That's our job, 11 of us and we've been able thus far to do it with such churches as this one, investing in this foreign outreach for the Lord's Kingdom building, and we're very grateful to you for it. It's been a great help as we've expanded serving itinerant pastors out in the bush with some continuing education. They don't ever get any of that in these remote areas. These, these nations are broadly dispersed for agrarian needs. But, folks, I want to turn it over now to Stanley Hote, our African director. Brother, Thank you. tell him about it. Thank you.
1: Good morning. I, I was to speak to you for two hours, but. Now, that is, uh, I think they have taken much of my time. Thank you, Gary, and everybody. Uh, you have heard a lot about what we do and who, who I am. Um, Bishop Stanley from Africa, Arusha, the heart of Africa. It is halfway from Cairo to Cape Town where we are situated in Arusha. And I serve and work as the director of Here's Life in Africa. We just celebrated our 25 years jubilee in Arusha, the glorious time. For about six, seven years, I've been hearing about this church and the leader, Gary, the great man, we have been trying and praying to bring him over to Africa. God has not answered that one yet, and we hope it will work since we are here now to physically and meet you in person. I'm grateful for what you're doing. Uh, do you follow my English? Yes. I, I speak Swahili, not English. so. <laughs> uh, I want to start off, um, uh, let me a bit of myself. I'm married to one wife, not intending to add one more, but this is enough. (laughs) Uh, Agnes, she's the African field director for Compassion International. Uh, That by itself is a full-time job. To be married to a director is not an easy job. And then uh, we have three kids, Hannah, Joshua, and Caleb. And that's about me. The ministry I'm serving, I have two jobs directing here's life effort in Africa, but also I'm the bishop of the Diocese of Mount Kilimanjaro, which covers the great three regions of Arusha, Kilimanjaro, and Manyara. Since I became bishop, we have planted 470 churches out in the villages. Please come and see what God is doing. We didn't do it. We just accepted where the Lord is leading us and see him do it. I have enjoyed the piece of worship this morning. Thank you very much for blessing my heart. And when Gary was coming up here, I thought, it's done. So what will I have to say? He has preached all that we need to hear for today. But I have some few words to share. Before I start off, I want to show you a miracle of Tarime. That's what His Life did in Tarime. Tarime is a region in the country where people were being killed. Killed is a, a clan war, civil wars in the area. And the elders or the chiefs were behind this killing. The government tried. In uh, 19, uh, 2007, the Lord put it in my heart and I said, I, have, I think I have a solution to that problem because it wasn't stopping. They killed everybody in the area and they, they, there was even a, a special police zone, but it didn't help. There was a lot of hatred among the same people of the same tribe, but different clans." So I felt and prayed that the Lord can solve this problem. And the best way to solve it is to take the love of Christ to these people. So I brought together 20 teams of two men, those are 40 men, and gathered all the pastors in Roria Tarime, 230 pastors for four days, do some getting to know each other, instruction, and why the Lord has sent the church in the society and the community. How can we be the sword and the light? How can we solve the problem or oh, the reality in the ground by then was fear. A lot of fear and the death, the death that was coming among the people in the Tarimel region. So I want to show you briefly uh, what we, the outcome of what we I have done in in this over a little over ten years in tarime. It's a short video. I believe you will enjoy it.
2: E vita kio tarime diretia kuhana watu alikuwa kichinjana.
3: It amani I amem not on the
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: na kwa kweli alikuwa nyeti serikali ya kati lakini hata hivyo kuweza kufanikiwa huduma hii ilipo ingereza kati akokutana kufanya kukutana viongozi mbalimbali mbali wa makabila hili shirika la, la dini hii lipokuje hapa Mimoyo ni rufuaji, kuhubiri njia huo na magari, wako kwendo wamo kwendo wamo kutuliza watu na nini, kuhie eh, kuri mpa mungu, latuna shukuru sana shirika hirikuja. inatembea kwa amani. Watu ni ushindi.
2: Napia pia amani tunamshukuru Mungu kwa sababu amani sasa ipo hata sisi wale tulioungiziwa nyumba tumerudi tumejenga tunendelea kushirikiana sasa tunendelea kumsifu Mungu na kumuita ili tena vita hiyo isije katokea siku nyingine
3: kwa jamii imeleta amani kwa kanisa imeleta watu wengi kanisa kwa njia ikutana ya kiroho na kuonyesha sinema usiku lakini bado tulikuwa na pastors training mafunzo ya wachungaji na hii ilitusaidia baada wachungaji kufundishwa karibu sana karibu Kwanjua sana tunaseme na mbalimbali tukaona yale makanisa yanaanza kugezedilisha
2: E hey, Mungu alireta amani sasa tuna amani watu wote now what so to wengi sasa wana
1: you. That's uh, Tarime, the miracle of Tarime. <clears throat> Here's life uh, did a lot of work. And as you have heard from John, uh, that's, what I, that's what I did, that's what I do, and that's what I enjoy doing it. I enjoy seeing people come to Christ, start a church in the village, in the bush, transform lives and bring Jesus to millions in Africa. And the value of a soul in Africa equals the value of the soul in America. So it doesn't really matter where you plant the seed. Just join God where he is working and bring millions to him. And Jesus wants to save those people. There is a lot happening We have planted thousands of churches, just like uh, in Tanzania. When we started working there, Tanzania had about a little over 50% uh, Muslim and about 34% Christians, but that has changed now. We are 63% Christians in Tanzania now, and I believe is what the Lord has done through people like you, supporting this great mission in the field. It's not, as, uh, it's not about us, it's not about people, it's about Christ. And it's about all of us working together as partners. In the areas we have planted churches, we, we use different efforts. You have seen one, um, one of our components is Jesus' film. That film brings everybody in the rural to Christ to come and watch and listen and turn their lives to Christ. Then we do audio Bible groups, listening groups. One of the miracles of that little Bible, listening uh, groups, uh, we found one person received the Lord, became the leader of a group, and the group became, and he didn't know how to read or write. Some of our people in the rural part of our countries do not know how to read and write. But what happened is, this guy, he started a church. He didn't know how to read the Bible, but he can listen and go preach the message he had from the audio Bible. I, I met him. He had a church of about 60 people. And last year, I visited his area. He has now planted two more churches. And the original church has 160 people. And he's still pastoring those churches. It is a miracle what the Lord is doing. I could all go on and on until tomorrow morning and not finish what the Lord has done over the years. The message I want to bring to you this morning is from... Psalm eleven three. Psalm eleven three. That is uh, is a personal struggle. I was asking myself, what has gone wrong with the church? What is happening to us? I've traveled around the world a little bit, and everywhere you go, there are Christians. And there are people in the church. There are people that love the Lord. Please. And, uh, but we don't see the impact of them being Christians or the difference. And this verse then, I found a shocking verse to me. I felt it was there. not I didn't find it. It's there. But I just read it afresh last year and this year, thinking through it, I thought this could be the problem. If the foundations being destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are being destroyed, what can a righteous do? Any house built, including this beautiful church, it has a foundation. Every life Every nation, every family, it has a foundation. But if the foundation being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Can they just cry out? Can they do something about it? And I felt probably our nations are falling apart because the foundations are being destroyed. Maybe the church foundations there is somewhere back there we went off the line and the foundations being destroyed or tempered next please foundation can be defined as part of the structure or structural system that supports the anchors of the superstructure of a building not, not there's no building that will last if the foundations are not gone deep enough to hard rock. It is the most important part of the building, but unfortunately unseen. I've never seen anybody anywhere bragging about their beautiful foundation because it's not seen. But it's the most important part of a beautiful home or house or any structure. That's being put. It's strengthened. and manifested during the strength is manifested during the trials. You cannot know if we are not true Christians if everything around us is okay. But if there is a trial, that's where we really know if I am a follower and believer of Jesus Christ, and if I mean what I say, and if I can live my faith in the community. It's difficult. Your church is called Community Bible Church. I love the name. And I hear some good things coming out of this church. It is not just the name. It is us, I as a person. Do I leave out that name? Am I able to remain a Christian when things are not okay around me? Will I be, can I stand Straight in the eyes of non-believers uh, when Gary was sharing what people are going through. I'm feeling like, can I endure that? Can I go through that? Will I ever be able to stand my faith between death and life if there is that question raised today? People are being arrested or denied the right to worship But for us, we are free to worship, but yet we do not worship as we're supposed to. Next, please. What can destroy the foundation? That has a lot of questions. The foundations are set, they're there. We have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. We are being shaken sometimes by the trials, temptations, and you know. I find this, many people in Africa, we are are not, our uh, temptation is not persecution necessarily. Temptation sometimes is what I love doing. That can destroy the foundation even more. When I love, and partly, I ask many people in Africa, do you love sin? They say, no, I hate sin. Well, that's not true. We all love sin. We love sin, that's why Jesus had to come. We 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 stay away or we we get out of it by his power. We cannot do it ourselves. Sin though it will it destroys us or destroys our very foundation. A foundation A Christian message is well preached when we practice love, peace, unity, and uh, sharing of what we have. But how do we define love? The agape love is giving when I receive nothing, but I, can I love my brother just I love myself? That can never happen. And I think that's why Jesus just said, the second is just like this or like it. Love your neighbor just like yourself. Because no one can love the other than themselves. I can never love you more than I love myself. And Jesus knew, if I can measure my love to the point that I can love you just like I do myself, then that's a perfect love. Can we see that anywhere in this world? Christians... uh, They were dominating the world, and yesterday we were hearing out of Alaska, they're saying human trafficking, sex trafficking, 80% is done by Christians. Is that a true love? Do we see the real faith? Is that not destroying the killing of unborn uh, children? What if I was that child killed by my mother? But if you were the unborn child killed by a free woman that says nobody should talk to her about her body, well, if the creator cannot talk to you about your body, then I don't believe you are a Christian or you know him. Knowing God is practicing his word and obeying what he says. What can destroy the foundation? Many temptation, trials, partly is the joy of our flesh that destroys the foundation more than the persecution we see around. During, uh, when I first came to your land, I met friends like John Parker, Mze John, we call him in Africa, older guy, and they have a lot of money, and I told them, look here. I'm so glad I don't have the amount of money you have. If I had all that money, I may be stepping on the heads of people around me. Because when you have plenty, that itself can destroy the foundation. I can depend on the resources I have and the money I have. If I can't afford the, the meal, of maybe the coming meal, then I, I, that brings me much closer to Christ I was meeting these students in UK, university students, and uh, I was asking them, what if God tells you, you have only one year to leave, what will you do? Their answers goes like, well, I will be traveling around the world and seeing every country and the creation. How about if it is only six months? They say, ah, six months, I, I will make sure I finish my next degree that I'm in, Oh finishing, and then become a doctor, medical doctor, a nurse, or somebody, a lawyer. Uh, What do you do? And work, help people. How about if it is only five days? 95% of the students said, well, I will go to church and start praying. Because they're they're facing the reality. Uh, If we can stay out away from God himself, You know, being a Christian in this building is very easy. No problem. But can we practice our faith out in public? I met a lady, her name Tanya, in the UK, and asked her, are you a Christian? We, in Africa, that's what we do. We can ask you, are you a Christian? (laughs) She said, no. I said, what's the problem? Why don't you love Christ? She said, "Uh, I love Christ, but I hate the church. I didn't understand that. You hate the church. To me, I felt the church equals Christ and Christ equals church because it's his body. But this lady said, I said, what, what did we do? She said, They are hypocrites. They talk one thing and do the other, they oppress people, they put all these rules. And this is what destroys the foundation. But while men slept, the devil comes in and plants his evil in our mind, our little minds, by providing. I don't know here, but I know in Africa we have a very fake picture of a devil. The devil, they come up with this ugly picture. Black big, big eyes, 20 eyes, animal. They say, this is the devil. And I say, the devil is a beautiful creature. Nobody will love that picture. We love him because he brings this sweet and goodies around us. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Hallelujah. You can even understand my English. That makes me feel better. So the, the enemy... He sneaks in. He texts me. You know, he is like, I'm sorry, the lawyers that are in this room, uh, but, but I've gone to the, ho- the, the court's house. I saw what they do. It's like uh, the, the way the lawyers, the advocate does their thing. They, they will always try to take you off the line. But when you're off that line, they don't care. They said, my Lord, I have no more questions. Because they don't care where you're going now. That's what the devil does. He, he, he plays a tricky. He plants his seeds in the church. The evil people, they, become, they can even be baptized like today, become elder in the church, because you cannot read unless you depend on the Holy Spirit. We cannot see him by seeing, by looking. And they, they, they even, like you hear around the world, they can be the church leader. Elder in the church, the pastor in the church, a senior pastor in the church, but the enemy has planted him, and they look just alike, like me, like you, and we feel they're they're our Christian brothers, and they, they take positions in the politics of the countries. They take up positions, but they don't, they just get astray but these same people are the people that make laws of our land. And they come up, they, they are Christians on Sundays and even on days when they come to church. But when they go out there where it doesn't really matter, they don't, they don't act like they're Christians. They even tell, uh, I met a friend bishop from Uganda. He said he was arrested during corona in Uganda. Why were you arrested? He said, there was this lady, the commissioner of his district. She had an affair with someone's husband. And he sent his pastor to counsel her. And this lady got upset. And she's, she's the Christian. By, she, pro, she said she's a Christian. And when she decided to revenge by arresting him, why are you preaching on the radio on, during Corona? Why are you not in your house? I'm glad the Ugandan government acted wisely. She was fired. Next, please. <laughs> the poor underlining materials. This is. These are the words of Jesus. Well, I, I like to build my house where it's sandy because it doesn't hurt me to dig the foundation. It is a lot of hard work. And that's the part John was mentioning about discipleship. It's easy to preach the gospel, to, to get millions to Jesus. We had a big crusade in Arusha two, uh, four years ago now, three years ago. And uh, Will, Will Colinda, Daniel Colinda who has um uh, Bonke's ministry now. We had it in Arusha. I was the chair of this organizing. And the millions of dollars that were poured in that conference, I thought, this must make a difference. But it didn't. It had all these people, 50,000 people come. Over 300 people say yes to Jesus. But there was no plan to get the foundation right to dig harder the plan of discipleship when I asked Daniel what plans do you have for us to continue nurturing these people he said no we will be out after our our crusade we will be gone so it's like a show off and show out you come in you're gone and for us who are there who have got no clue about what is supposed to be done and needs a lot of people and manpower and resources, and is the church prepared to do that? So the foundation is the part that nobody is interested to do it. Next please. Reckless builder, and have ye, ye not read this scripture, the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. It's exciting without Jesus. I see a lot of church, and not like what I heard from Gary, I thought not many people will want to hear that because entertainment is what draws people together. Easy life. The modern prophet saying, Just claim it and you have it with no work. It's sweeping Africa. And I hate to see that happen, but it's happening. Especially the young people. They don't want to do anything but just get rich. And the Bible does not support that kind of Christianity. And it's just claim it, you have it, you you have everything. It's not that easy. You have to have Jesus. But what about working with Jesus? I like the spiritual Jesus today. Have it in the spirit. But physical Jesus was much harder to walk around with him. In the same hour, he says, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Few hours later, he he calls him, devil, go back. Go behind me. How about that? He did not support our physical, our temporary joy. He gives you the eternal joy. What can destroy? Uh, You have gone back again. Next, please. Why uh, is our faith built on a strong foundation? If yes, why are people not running to the church then? This church should be filled up. And three services. And what percent goes to church? Everywhere. Planting faith in a weak foundation won't let the faith stand. How are we reacting during trials? Do we behave differently? There was this pastor, I watched a a clip. He was in the church with his people. Some gunmen got in the church and blew two bullets in the air and they said those who want to die remain in here and proclaim Jesus. Those who want to save their lives, out the door. So only seven people remained with their pastor. Everybody else ran away because they didn't want to die. And they, this gunman asked the, the seven, you want to die, right? They said, we are ready. He said, OK, we start with your pastor. So they took the pastor in the office, not in your office, that office, and they came back with his uh, white garment. It was reddish, full of blood. He said, OK. He's done. Now, next, uh, four out of seven decided to run away because it's getting hot now. So only three remained. He said, so you are the people who are ready to die? They said, yes. So said, okay, follow me. Let's go. We'll finish with you. So they got in the office. They, when they got there, they found their pastor, Standing there. And the gunmen said, Pastor, these are the true believers of your church. The, the rest just came to celebrate, but they are not the real Christians. The three are the real Christians. Can we be different? How do we react during trials? When I'm annoyed, when I'm, somebody has made me angry, mad, how do I react? Next, please. Family foundation. Family begins with uh, Genesis chapter two twenty-four. Husband and wife, a woman and a man, not a partner. I know in the West, you people have progressed much. We still believe... A marriage is between a man and a woman, not, not, not a partner. That's how, that's how the devil has done us. People are saying, this is my partner. No, you can have partner in business, but marriage is a husband, wife, not my partner. So Agnes is my wife, not my partner. The union of these two makes a family. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved Christ uh, at church. I thought about this several times. Uh, Can can we compare a wife, you wives here, can you compare yourself to a church? Yes. But if the church is what I see in many places, How Christ loved that church, which is stubborn, does not listen, does not obey, but still loves it. If I learn that thing, then that, that one lesson, then I know to love a wife is not to have a perfect wife. She can be stubborn. It was not a bargain. It's not a compromise. He didn't say love her if she obeys you. Say, love your wives just like Christ. Number three, you wives submit to your husbands. I know submission does not exist in much of America, especially between husband and wife, but it's in the Bible. There are those who are rewriting the Bible, they can write what they want, but the Christ proclaimed it and sent it. Submission doesn't mean Submit to him when he loves you. No. Submission means submit even when he does not love you. It's not a payback. Love her, not when she submits. No, it's not, it's not like that. You are to love her unconditionally. Number, th- number four. Children, obey your parents. This is fading away. The outside world is entering, even in the church. Children do not understand what true love is. They think true love means yes to everything. The last one I don't understand. Maybe that needs to be reworked. I don't know why and what Paul had in mind when he said, Fathers do not provoke your children. Why only fathers? Why not fathers and mothers? <laughs> what happened? and this the writer is a man there must be something that's not right with us fathers maybe we don't know how to love our children maybe we leave you have pride but as we are far away from this one pray for us in africa next please the church foundation be one as god is one john 17:11 love one another john 13:35 To go and make disciples. Sometimes we forego the two and just start doing disciples. The people who do not love God or are not one in God, who do not love one another, are in the field making disciples. I don't know of what, but that is there. Next, please. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance, Lord is their Lord. God is, Lord is their, or God is their Lord. Psalm 33:12. My friends, our nations are shaken, our families, our churches. If the foundation are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Next, please. Are there traces of destroyed foundation in our families, church and nations? If yes, what will the righteous do? Next, please. Jeremiah tells us destroy the work of the enemy in our churches, in our families, in our nations. The righteous should stand and face the destruction in our societies, in our families. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and plant. That's what we are called to do. Next, please. Pray and repent for your sins and the the sin of your forefathers, the things and issues in our families' roots confront the evil and the system that destroys the foundation, James chapter 7. Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ with boldness in the world we live in. Next, please. You are righteous of God. Go and rebuild the destroyed foundation. Next, please. The, the last bit I want to show you, and uh, I feel like, and this is, um, this is my learning, like we, the cold, and I like the way Gary said it this morning, we are all together into this. Everybody here, we are all leaders, and we are all called to do something in the house of the Lord. And when we are called, but we have our different talents and gifts. Some are exciting, some are hidden, and we don't enjoy that. And I think that is destroying our ministry more than anything. Uh, when When I like somebody else's responsibility and forget mine or forego mine and get doing some else's responsibility, then mine will never be done in the house of the Lord if there is imbalance in the gifts and what the Lord has called us to do, if we are to witness to the f- people in the, fil- in the villages, right now we are training pastors, a little over 15,000 we have done over this period of five years. We do a 2 year trainings of four days each after every three months and send the pastors out. But that it will not help if there is no working together among the churches and the union of churches. I want to show you this clip I saw, and I feel like it communicates, and that should be the end. And I want to thank you very much for having me and uh, trying to understand my African, Tanzanian, Swahili plus English, which does not communicate. Uh, God bless you. Thank you, Gary. And that, that clip will be the end. Uh, uh.